All right, let's uh, let's talk about the Levites. Uh, uh, we we uh, ended last week talking about the sons of Aaron in chapter three in the first four verses, and it mentioned uh, Aaron's sons Nadab and uh, Abihu that had uh, died before the Lord, and so he's only got two sons left, Eleazar and Ithamar, uh, and so they're going to minister in the priest's office with their dad. Their dad's going to oversee them. And um, of course, Moses is, is a big part of that also. And uh, we, we uh, find out that they're gonna live on the east side of the uh, tabernacle, which will be in the middle uh, of the children of Israel. Last week, we talked about all the tribes and their, the, the place on uh, each direction from the tabernacle where they would sit or where they would camp uh, when the tabernacle was stationary. Tonight, we're gonna learn uh, what he's gonna use the, the Levites for and uh, they are actually going to number these Levites in a minute. If I could get somebody to read verses 5 uh, through, let's see, let's go ahead and read 5 through 16 for me. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation in the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. And thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on their priest's office, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, And I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel, instead of all of the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine, for on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast, mine shall they be. I am the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shall thou number them. And Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord as he was commanded. So we find here now that Aaron is the priest and the Lord's commandment was to them that the Levites are going to be there to serve Aaron and the other priests. He's there. He, he, the, all the Levites are placed under the authority of Aaron. He's the one who receives instruction. You remember uh, sometime back uh, the Lord had began to speak to Aaron. Uh, the Bible makes a, 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 a remark that the Lord said unto Moses and in another place it's, he said unto Aaron. At first he only spoke to Aaron through Moses, but now since he's taken on the role of the high priest, that's, uh, those things are, are about to change. So he's given Aaron more and more authority. God in his wisdom and his, his foresight already knows uh, that Moses is not going to be there, but Aaron uh, forever. But Aaron and his sons is going to be a continual priesthood throughout generations. So he's turning over all this mantle and all this caretaking of the tabernacle unto Aaron, and he's putting the Levites under the, his charge so that he can show them and appoint them and uh, what they're going to be doing. And uh, and he and he he repeats he repeats this over several times. When he gives the location of every person and what their work is, he, he says, the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. That's the way he enters verse 10. He don't want these people swapping their jobs and going to different, a different tribe and trying to do their job. He's not going to put up with that. So he, he, he has designated each person. He has put them in their place, and he has put them, given them their job to do. Okay? And, and uh, some of them were military in, in charge of protection, and uh, they are under the uh, uh, supervision of the elders or the captains of their tribe, 
and uh, and they have already developed signals and all these things, but the Levites are not in any part of that right there. The specific work of the Levite uh, from this time forward is to work uh, in the tabernacle and help the priest do what has to be done. And so then in verse 12, remember when the Lord uh, brought them out of Egypt, one of the first commandments he made to them was that all of the firstborn that are born that comes from the, the matrix is going to, whether, whether human or beast, is going to be mine. Remember that? Well, now he is offering to take a substitute for that uh, commandment that he gave. Look in verse 12. I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead. You see that? Instead of all the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel, Therefore, the Levites now shall be mine. Amen? So he's already received a substitute. Now, y'all, this is a picture of something. What's it a picture of? It's a picture of Christ, but it's a picture of something else. He took all the firstborn and substituted the Levites for them, and it's a picture of the rejection of Israel of Jesus Christ, and he gives he takes a substitute for Israel. Who is that? It's us. Amen. It's a picture of the substitutionary power of God. He has ordained here that I'm going to take a substitute for the firstborn of the of the people and the beasts, and the substitute I'm going to take are going to be the Levite people. These are who I'm taking. Uh, so uh, he, he, this is something he ordained and then he explains to them why he's going to do that uh, because of, of the uh, demand or command that he made unto them at the time he delivered them out of Egypt that he hallowed them. So what he's doing, he's taking the Levites and he's giving everything else back to these Israelites, these tribes. Everything else is, is still under their control. They don't have to worry about uh, taking their firstborn son and putting him under the charge of the priest. There's a substitute for them, okay? And so it's a, there's a lot of symbolism uh, in these verses right here. And then the Lord told uh, Moses earlier, he said, do not count the Levites. He did not count them, did not number them. So he waited till he had numbered every tribe. He put every tribe in their placement. He, put, he, he, he numbered them and he, he tallied it up. Remember, there were 603,550 men of war in this camp. There's a big, there's a big army within this camp, and so he had numbered them. And now, though, since he's given the Levites over to Aaron and over to Aaron's son, uh, so Aaron being the high priest, so he can dictate which son controls what. Remember, he's only got two. So there's only Aaron. There's only uh, 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 Eleazar and Ithamar uh, that are of the of the priesthood that can do the pre work of the high priest. And so this is the way he's given them to them. So he numbers, he orders him now to number the children of Levi and the house of their fathers and their families. And Moses did according to that. Now we're not going to read all this other stuff, all these numbers, and how, and, uh, so, but we're going to touch and do some highlights. So y'all stay up with me in your Bibles. Uh, we're going to look, at, uh, look in verse 17. And uh, these are the sons of Levi. Now Levi is the original son of of Jacob. He is a, a designated tribe of Israel. The, Levi had three sons, okay? Their names were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And these people, instead of uh, being designated as just Levites, they break them down into three groups of Levites. And, there, and God has a purpose for this and a reason for this. And each one of the sons of Levi, which they're dead and gone too. This is just uh, just their descendants are going to be broken up in an in in order according to which son they're part of, and they each one will be designated a different job or a different duty in the tabernacle. Remember, God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. And this picture here shows just how organized God is. And he already knows what he wants to accomplish. He knows who he wants to use to accomplish these things. And he gives a specific, detailed demand 
on how he wants these things done. That's what we're fixing to get into. And woe be to the one that don't do it. Okay? This is, this is the God that they're, they're serving, the same God that we serve today. And so woe be unto the one that, that does not do that. So he's got these three sons uh, the, of, the Le of Levi that he's going to use, and uh, each one of them has a family, is what he calls them. Uh, Gershon's family is the first one that he talked about. I assume that's the oldest. I didn't go back and look to see. But uh, he, he said that, uh, he said, I want to use them. And he said, this is the way I want you to count them. Now remember the other tribes, he counted all of the men from 20 years old and upward who were able to go to war. He didn't give them a, 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 a higher number. He didn't tell them, all right, 20 to 50 or 20. He said, you know, 20 and up that are old and able to go to war. So he was picking warriors, but now, He's picking, he's picking workers, okay? So these guys are not going to do the work of the high priest. They're going to do the work of transporting the tabernacle and other duties that they will be designated by Aaron and his sons themselves, okay? And so he, he numbers the, the, the family of Gershon, and uh, he says, I want you to number them. Now look at this in verse 22. A month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them. Uh, so he numbered the the, the male babies, uh, male people uh, of Gershon's family that was a month old and upward, and and the number is seventy five hundred. That's seventy five hundred of them, and so this is a family of the Levites, and so. He, then he says in verse 23, the families of Gershonites shall pitch behind the tabernacle westward. So he, he, he identifies a family. And remember, he's got four tribes on each side. One on, four on the east, four on the, excuse me, three. Three on the east, three on the west, uh, three on the north, and three on the south of the tribes. Now he puts the tabernacle square in the middle of all this. And the Levites now are to be between the tabernacle and these other tribes. So they're between the tribes and the tabernacle. And he says this Gershon, uh, this 7,500 month old and all of their families are going to be pitched on the west side. And then he names the chief and all that stuff. And he shall also tells them quickly here uh, their responsibilities. Now he's going to break this down here in a little bit into, into different numbers with the same responsibility, he's going to give you a, he's going to give them a, a, uh, a uh, itemized, detailed responsibility list and what they're responsible for. Now, <clears throat> this tabernacle, when you look at it, it's got lots of stuff in it and it's heavy, okay? So that's why they're going to need so many people. And so he said, you're going to be in charge of the tent, this is verse 25, and the covering thereof and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, the hangings of the court, the curtain for the floor of the court, uh, and the cords of it, and all the service thereof. So they're responsible for all of these curtains and all these hides and all of this overlays, all the walls and everything, those things, and we're gonna get into it in a minute, how big these are. Matter of fact, we can do it right now because I got a study Bible that breaks this down, I'm thankful for that. And, uh, <clears throat> What he mentions in verses 25 and 26, now listen to this. The tabernacle was composed of 10 curtains of finely twisted blue, purple, and scarlet linen. Each, each one of these 10 was 42 feet by 6 feet. <laughs> That's big, isn't it? With cherubim symbols woven into each of them, the tent was made from 11 curtains of goat hair 45 feet by 6 feet with additional coverings of dyed red round skins and hides of badgers. So these hides and these skins were equal in size to the inside layer that was three layers deep. And so this is the responsibility. Each one of these skins, hides, and woven things were 45 feet by 6 feet. That's big. You ever, you ever rolled up carpet out of a room and tried to run off with it? <laughs> it's quite undertaking, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So this is what they're supposed to carry. 
and keep up with. Amen. So you say, well, wait a minute. He counted them from a month. Oh, baby's going to be doing this. we get into that in a minute because this ain't what that's about. All right, so then he looks in verse 27 uh, through 32. He talks to the, uh, the duties of the Kohath family, which is the second son that's mentioned of Levi. And, uh, and he, he numbers them. And look at how many there is in verse 28. There are 8,600 of them. The number of the males from a month old and upward were 8,600 uh, uh, keeping the charge of the sanctuary. And their job, their place was to be on the south side of the tabernacle. That's where they were going to be stationed at. And, and uh, he said they will be in charge, now look at this, of the holy articles of the tabernacle, which are the most important articles of the tabernacle, which is the Ark of the Covenant, the table that the showbread is on, the candlestick, the altars, and the vessels of the sanctuary, where they minister and the hanging, that means the veil, the hanging inside the holy, between the holiest of holies and the holy place is the veil, which is a massive, massive curtain, okay? It's thick and it's big, okay? And so this is their, uh, what they are to, to uh, take over, and Aaron is going to appoint Eleazar, his son is going to be the chief over this tribe of uh, this family of Levites and he will have the oversight of them and he will be the one who designates and keeps the charge of the sanctuary. Now this gets complicated before it's over with but each one of these uh, families has their designated work that's laid out very early. Later on they're going to give them more detail. So the duties of uh, Merari which is the third family of Levi he says uh, they numbered of them, uh, verse 34, 6,200 of them. Uh, let's see. And they shall be on the north side of the tabernacle. So we got one on the north, we got one on the south, we got one on the west. And they'll be, uh, their, their custody or the job they're going to do, they're going to be in charge of the boards of the tabernacle the bars of the tabernacle, the pillars of the tabernacle, all the sockets of the tabernacle, and the vessels that, that they deal with the sacrifices, and the vessels and the pottery and the spoon and the fork and the, and the, 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 the thing that they, they picked up the, the sacrifice with from the boiling pot, even the boiling pot. So they're going to be responsible for all of this stuff right here. And uh, Moses and Aaron then, it tells about them in verse 38, they, where are they going to be? They're going to be on the east side where Judah is stationed, which is uh, the promise of God uh, that was going to lead uh, Jesus who was going to come from the tribe of Judah. So he's on the east side, his designated spot. He's also the largest tribe, yet he puts the smallest group of the priesthood between him and that tabernacle. He puts Moses, and he puts, uh, let's see, let me get back over here to my mouth. He puts uh, Moses, Aaron, and Aaron's sons. Now, th this is interesting because this Kohath family and the uh, Gershon family, Gershon 7,500, Kohath 8,600, and Merari Mirai, is 6,200 people. Now, when, when you get, though, to the... Uh, Oh yeah, and, and he, so he puts Moses and Aaron and his son to the east side uh, for the charge of the children of Israel, and then he gives them the warning again, and he's given over and over and over, nobody, no stranger is to enter into this area. Nobody except the designated people are to come into this area or they'll die. Okay? God's very strict about this. And so then in verse 39, it gives us a number. And it says, And all that were numbered of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron numbered at the commandment of the Lord throughout their families, all the males from a month old and upward were twenty and two thousand. Now, is there anything wrong with that number? <laughs> well, there's not if you don't go back and add all those other numbers up. 
when you get to all those other numbers, 7,500 plus 8,600 uh, plus 6,200 should equal 22,300 people. And there's a great controversy as to over why you get this number when you add them all together and you have a different number when they sum it all up in the scripture. And a lot of these brilliant theologians and all claim that, well, they made an accidental error, one little, one little extra I dot that, that, that they got it all mixed up and that, that would account for the 300, and it does. But I have a different theory. Because when, in a minute, when we look at what Aaron and his two sons are supposed to do, there ain't no way, unless the Lord made all three of them Samson, that they could do what they have to do. So my theory is that they're going to take 300. I don't know where it's 100 from each tribe or each family or how they're going to pick them, but they're going to have 300 that work with these high priests to accomplish what they've got to do. We're going to see here in a minute what the high priest work is and disassembling and reassembling this tabernacle. And I'm going to tell you, three men, born uh, apart from a supernatural strength and ability, ain't going to do it. I got another theory. I think these 22,000 are designated around this camp and these other 300 are put with Aaron. The Bible don't say that. But I just feel like that's where these other 300 people come in. They're going to be the ones that these high priests, that God allows them to help them do this great work that they've got to do to prepare to move the tabernacle. Okay? So let's, let's, let's look on it. Maybe some of you's got another theory. Any questions so far? I know I'm moving kind of fast and talking fast. You know, back on the firstborn, the Bible don't say in that part, but are they also all male that over counts? Because the firstborn like, males. Like he does all the other counts. Yes. Like he did the tribe. Now, yeah. what does opening the matrix mean in regards to them? It means coming from a woman's <coughs> area. Well, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then one other question about the firstborn. To the whole of the nation of Israel, what do, what do you think it meant to them for the Lord to say, they're going to be mine? The firstborn's going to be mine. It meant that they were going to lose, that, that he didn't explain to them what he was going to use them for. And in my thinking, he, they didn't know either. And so they knew the firstborn was going to be the one that, that continued the birthright, that received all the inheritance. And we see that later on in Scripture that that don't always prove true. It, it hadn't proved up true up till now, but it was beyond design that that's the way it would be. And so it, it, was, it was causing a little bit of confusion, and God didn't explain it to them, and he didn't explain it to them for this reason, because he knew he wasn't going to hold them to that because he knew he was going to use this, these people of Levi as a substitute for those firstborn. Evidently, he was doing that before then, because you know whenever Samuel was dedicated to the Lord, he just went to the high priest. That's right. So I guess that's where they got designated, right? But, but he was dedicated, he was a, a vow from that's his right. mother that's right. yeah. to the high priest. The, he, was, he was vowed as a, as a dedicated servant of Yahweh God under the priesthood of Levi by Hannah if God would give her children. So she, he was a vow that he vowed to, she vowed to God and she kept that vow. And that's who Samuel was. He wasn't, des he wasn't a designated firstborn, Brian, like, like, uh, like a Levite. Okay? And uh, so the, these these people had to keep up with their heritage, they had to keep up with their family, they had to keep up with the tribe that they're in. They knew all of this stuff at this point. Although they had been in Egypt for over 400 years, they still knew who they belonged to and who they were. They had kept up with it that well. And so, uh, and by the way, God still keeps up with it. Yeah. Because it still means something. So he's still keeping up with it. And when it's time for him to reveal to them who the tribes they belong to are, he'll do it. But for a different reason than Christ coming. Antichrist is coming that way too. 
Okay. So uh, anyway, this is a, there's a lot of complicated stuff, but there's 22,000. It's my theory, instead of being 22,3, that there's 300 people that's going to work with these high priests to accomplish what they have to do. Because like I said, when we get to this in Michigan, you'll see what I'm talking about. There ain't no way free people can do this without spending weeks or months doing it. I don't know if they're, they're physically capable. Uh, I don't think three Jeremiah's could do what he's asked them to do. Okay? All right, so uh, look in the verse 40, the number of the male firstborn now. So now he tells him to number them again, but he's going to number them a different way. He said, I want you to get the firstborn males of the children of Israel from a month old and upward and take the number of their names. Now he's talking about of, of Israel. He ain't talking about the Levites now. And he said, thou shalt take the Levites from me. I am the Lord, this verse 41, instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel. And in verse uh, 43, look at the number of all the firstborn in Israel. You see that number? It's 22,273. Now remember, there's an army of 603,500 people. And there's only 22,273 <clears throat> of a month old and upward. Do you know what that means? And I got a study Bible to help me learn this. That means that each one of these children are going to have at least 26 brothers. So it's speculated and theorized that this 22,273 from a month old and upward are those who have been born since they left Egypt. The ones who have been born since they left Egypt. And that makes a little bit of sense, don't it? That, that this number is so small uh, because they're not counting all the little children that's with them. Alright? And I, that's just something I threw in. I just Not to confuse you, just to help you kind of understand. Because if you're one of them kind of people like I do sometimes and I start writing them numbers down, and then when I come to the part where you add them up and they don't match what they just told me, I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. Uh -huh. Now, y'all may not study that way. I do. Okay? And so uh, this, this is what they have, uh, 2, 22,273 uh, uh, of them that they numbered. The firstborn males by the number of names from a month old and upward, which would only be, <laughs> you know, they, you this three, I have thirteen. Huh? When you get the three, I have thirteen. Where are you talking about? In forty-three. And this is three it says two thousand two hundred and three score and thirteen. Three score sixty plus thirteen seventy-three. Okay. That's what it is. Okay? Okay. Okay. And these are the firstborn males by the number of names from a month old and upward. So They've only been traveling here for, we're, we're just over a year, maybe a year and a half. So they've had time, some of them that left Egypt, some of the women were probably already pregnant, and a lot of them have been become pregnant since they left, and these are the babies that have been born. So you were saying a while ago, if they represented having 26 brothers apiece, so the guys that he, that he numbered that was 20 and up could do battle is there that much older or brothers than them? I guarantee you. Huh? Yeah. They'd be that much well, older. All I can figure is when they was booking it from Egypt, they didn't have much time for, you know, an <laughs> yeah. offspring. And no. They was, they was too busy, you know. That's right. That's right. And so so it, it's, uh, uh, it, it, this is what my study Bible says. The census figure of 22,273 presents a practical problem. If there were only that many firstborn among the 603,550 males, which are from 20 years old and able to fight, yeah. uh, then uh, uh, then each firstborn had an average of 26 brothers, each one. And you got to remember, they were never counting the girls either. Nope. Or the sisters. Nope. Nope. This is just the males. 
And so this is a, this is these figures, and, and uh, you know it's amazing that Moses don't go any to any detail explanation. God don't give him any explanation because it don't matter. But the, here's the thing about it is in our world today, people look at the scripture and they look for any excuse to say, "See, there's a lie right there." And that's why it's we need to be able to know and understand because of just such people. Amen. And so, all right. So uh, he, he goes then, uh, verses 44 through 51, he goes into the redemption of the firstborn. Now these 22,273, they're supposed to be five talents uh, paid for each one of them that is redeeming them. So uh, the... Uh, the Levites was a substitute for all of them that came out of Egypt that were first born. And now there's a substitute for all of these that have been born since they came out of Egypt. And it's going to cost them money. Okay? They're going to have to pay for these. And uh, so you're going to take five shekels, verse 47, a piece by the pole after the shekel of the sanctuary shalt thou take them. And when you take this money, you give this money wherewith the odd number of them is to be redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons. So they are actually redeemed uh, by this money. And so uh, uh, when you look at this though, it's amazing here because he don't, he don't make them all, uh, well, yeah, of the, look at verse 50. Of the firstborn of the children of Israel took he the money a thousand three hundred and three score and five shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. Well, if you multiply 22,273 by five shekels, you're going to come up with a way bigger number than that. So what do they do? They only pay five shekels apiece for how many? The 273. Okay? Why? I don't know. That's what God did. He only charged them for 273. So they wound up with this uh, this number uh, uh, of the... Uh, Thousand three hundred and and uh, sixty and five shekels after the shekel of sanctuary. Moses gave the money. Guess where he put it? He gave it that were redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, why did he give the money to the high priests? They were to use it for the work of the sanctuary. It cost money. Why we do that here? We, it costs money to have a place to meet. Okay, and so this is what this uh, this money was for. It wasn't for Moses. I mean, for for it wasn't for Moses or Aaron to spend the way they wanted to. It was spent on what needed to be done for the building, for the tabernacle itself, or the sacrifices, or anything that had to do with what their work was in that tabernacle. So don't let people tell you today that uh, that everything ought to go to a preacher. That's a lie from hell. <clears throat> Amen? It's a lie from hell. The work of the, 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 the money that people give is to go into the treasury or the storehouse of God to be used to minister and for the work of the church. Amen? Whether that be missionary work, outreach work, van ministry, are to maintain the building that you meet in. That's what that money is to be used for. It is not to make a preacher rich. Amen. Ain't no preacher got any business living in a $26 million house. Ain't no preacher that needs a $200 million airplane to ride around in. Those people are baloney and hogwash and well, don't even let me That's get probably started. probably the closest thing to glory. Man, when we talk about glory, yeah. that they're going to see in their lifetime. Yeah. That's going to be their glory. They're going to think on it right here. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And they pray, I'm going to be like Christ. Well, Christ didn't even have a... Christ, Christ didn't have a... He's, what did he say? He the walked where have holes. But the Son of God has no place to even lay his head. The birds have nests and the Son of God has the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He didn't have enough pair of clothes to put on, y'all. Listen to this. He's our example. We're supposed to be like him. 
Amen. All these glory hounds that run around here saying I'm worth this, I'm worth that, and God bless me with this baloney. God don't, don't bless you with arrogance and pride, and no. He don't do that. You know, Brother Gary, those boys that tells you, you know, that, that talks that mess, you know, got their $26 million homes and all their airplane stuff, you know, they're, they're the ones that stand all the time, you know, and they'll stand there and say, God just told me to tell you. Uh huh. You know, every one of them you just named, I can name off. I know you can. That's all. It's a farce. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a dog and pony show. That's right. That's exactly what it is. And, and it's a scam. And that's why Christianity has a bad name. That's why Christians get a bad rap. It's called nothing. Yet like those people are followed by hundreds of thousands of people who send them money. Yes, sir. And the Bible talks about making merchandise of the ministry like that. They and are taking advantage of something, Todd. That if a man can pay for his sins out of his pocket, he will. Which is another Christ. It ain't about it ain't about repentance. It ain't about faith and believing. It ain't about being sorry. Just it's pay the man. I'm gonna just wait, get off the hook and don't want no demands or authority put on you. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like the priesthood of a certain church. Leave that dowry, leave that money, and when you go to purgatory, I'll pray you out of it. Leave me the money first. If you don't leave me the money, I can't pray you out of purgatory. Reckon how many people ever got out of purgatory that way? I don't figure once you get in purgatory, after you leave this life, there ain't nothing going to get you out of there. No. Well, you know, when, G, when the, the Satan tempted Jesus with giving him all the kingdoms he wanted or this world is over it all. He don't need no money. No. It, would, it wouldn't impress him none if they had all the money in the world. It was already his. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so we see these these things and, and all this stuff starts to, to look and, and make sense but not make sense too. Now he goes into detail. We're going to go ahead and get in chapter 4. And, and the Lord sent to Moses there and he said, take the sons of Kohath and he said, uh, now, now I want you to number them a different way. Now listen to this. Verse 3. Instead of a month and up, now he wants 30 years old and upward until 50 years old. Now he sets a limit on the bottom end and the top end. I want them to start at 30, and if they're over 50, we're going to retire. Well, how would you like a job like that? I mean, come on with that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to go to work till you're 30. Woo! And then you can retire at 50. Amen. <laughs> what a deal. What a deal. And so he does this. And so he, he numbers them from 30 years old and upward until 50 years old. And uh, now remember there was, uh, there was uh, how many was this? There was uh, 7,500 in this tribe. And now the number is fixing to shrink. Now there's only going to be 2,750 that fit this scenario. So now we've gone from this great big number, you say, well, that's plenty to down, and we've taken it a third because we picked, we've selected a certain age group. 30 years old, which is the year Christ began his ministry as a man, and, and that was how old he was when he began his ministry because that was a Jewish thing that they didn't even want to, have, want to hear anything he had to say until he was 30 years old. They didn't count him as a man until then, okay? And so this is the, the designation that, that the Lord puts on these, these, uh, these families that are from 30 years old and upward even unto 50. And so uh, he says, uh, for the work of the tabernacle, and they are over the most holy things. And now look at this, the duties of Aaron and his son. Now y'all listen to this, and we'll end on this right here. But I want you to see why I think that 300 number that was not in that other number it's with Aaron and his sons. Now y'all look at the duties beginning in verse 5. And when the camp set it forward, Aaron shall come and his sons, and they shall take down the covering, veil, and cover the ark with it. Sounds simple enough, don't it? Except that veil weighs a lot. It is humongous. It is very, very heavy. And there's only three of them. Aaron and two boys. Now they got to take this thing down in a manner 
satisfactory to God. They don't just get to take, slide it to one side and yank the clips off and let it hit the floor. That ain't right the way he tells them to do that. Okay? So we know that this thing weighs hundreds of pounds. And they're going to take this thing and they're going to need some help taking this thing down, handling it delicately, making sure it don't get soiled, making sure it don't drag in the dirt, making sure it don't have to get any of the stains or anything that's in it. Nothing's going to get on this thing. It's the veil of separation between the holiest of holies and the holy place. So this is the first thing they're going to do. They're going to take the covering veil and they're going to take the veil and look what they're going to do with it. They're going to cover the ark of the testimony with it. Now the ark of the testimony was is about the size of this right here. I think we measured this table when we studied the size of the ark of the covenant and it is about that size right there. So they're going to take this big gigantic veil and they're going to have to fold it up because they don't want this thing dragging. They're going to have to put staves through this thing and tote this thing around. So this giant veil is going to be folded in such a way that it's going to cover up this ark. Now this ark has got a crown of gold around it. It's got the cherubims on. It's facing each other. They're standing up, and the Bible gives the dimensions how tall they are, and they're made of solid gold, pure gold. Okay, so this ark ain't light to start with, although it's mostly wood and overlaid with gold. These items on top, this crown and this top shelf, is pure gold, and all the things on it. And they got to lay this veil on top of this thing, and they don't. They they can't tear up anything. Alright, so this is what the, this is where they start, and they shall put their own that one that once they get the veil down and get it over the ark, then they gotta put some more stuff on it. Look at this. They therefore the covering of the badger skins, this is as part of the, the roof over it, they shall spread over it a cloth holy of blue, and shall put in the stays thereof. So they put on they put on this gigantic veil that on top of the Ark of the Covenant. They take the badger skins and then they take this cloth made of blue, which is of royalty for them. And, and uh, they, then they have to take the stays and put inside of this thing. And guess what it's ready for? Somebody might touch that thing now. And you wonder why they were between 30 and 50 years of age. Yeah, now you know why they're going to retire them at 50. They broke down. Uh -huh. Amen. And so uh, we don't tell, we, I don't know how many men was designated to tote this thing. I just know it's going to be heavy. All right? And now, now remember, Aaron and his sons are the ones who are taking all this down and putting this together. Do you think they ain't got some help? Take their mind. And they're not through yet. And then Aaron and his sons take the table, verse 7, take the table of showbread. And uh, they shall spread a cloth of blue and put there on the dishes and the spoons and the bowls. Now this stuff is all made of brass or gold. It's heavy, heavy stuff. They take all of these bowls and all this stuff and the continual bread shall be their own. That means the showbread is going to be in there with it. All that stuff is going to be put left on this table. And they shall spread upon them a cloth of scarlet, cover the same with the covering of badger skins, and shall put in the stage. Now they got this thing ready to, to, to tote. But when, in order to do that, they leave the showbread. It's in a bowl. There's 12 loaves of it. It's supposed to be replaced every week, I think. I don't remember now, but it's supposed to be replaced every so often. And so they have the 12 loaves. They take all of these coverings that are 46 feet by 6 feet, except for the veil that's way bigger than that. And they put, that, they put these coverings over the top of it. Then they, they put one covering on, then they pile all of the dishes on top of it, and then they cover it again, and then they put the stays in it. Ain't y'all ever moved? Hard work, ain't it? Amen. All right, now let's, let's move on so we can get through this before we get, gotta go. And uh, then, and then uh, they're gonna spread upon them a cloth of scarlet and cover the same with a covering of badger skins and put in the stays. And then verse 9, then they're going to take a cloth of blue and cover the candlestick. Now this candlestick is not a little bitty thing. It's a big thing. And it's made of gold. And, uh, and uh, it's on a stand. It's tall and it's spread out. 
uh, for, and it's got seven lamps on it. Y'all remember all that stuff? And you, and he said, uh, you're going to take this thing, and uh, you're going to uh, the candlestick of the light, and his lamps, and his tongs, and his snuff dishes, and all the oil vessels thereof. And uh, and then, and then verse ten, you're going to take that, and you're going to put uh, put it all the vessels thereof within within a covering of badger skins, and shall put it upon a bar. And now we're talking about one of these wide beams that I don't forgot the measurements on those things, what they call the bars, was a big hunk of wood that was that was a certain width and thickness and length. So they're gonna put this stuff on a bar. Okay? The candlestick, and now this thing's sitting up on top of that thing, and they gotta tuck this stuff now. And so you and then you're gonna cover all this stuff up with the dishes and all that stuff, and you can't get it all on the skins. <laughs> you, you know why our military learned to march in step? That's the way they had to do. Keep them going like this with everything. So they got stuff in they got liquids they're toting in there. Alright, so and then it says verse 10, and they shall put it all it and all the vessels therein within a covering of badger skins and shall put it upon a bar. And the golden altar, the golden altar, shall they'll take a spread, uh, this is the uh, altar of incense, they shall spread a cloth of blue over it with a covering of badger skins and put the staves thereof, and they shall take all the instruments of ministry and wherewith they minister in the sanctuary and put them in a cloth of blue and cover them with a covering of badger skins and put them all Put them on a bar, and they shall take away the ashes from the altar. Now they got to go out there, to, and, and uh, they got to take all the ashes out of this thing, and, and they're going to spread a purple cloth over it, and they shall put it upon the vessels thereof, wherewith they minister about it, even the censers, the fleshing hooks, the shovels, the basins, the vessels of the altar, and they shall spread upon it a covering of badger skins, and put the staves in it. Amen. Amen. And so now he goes from the altar of incense, which is small, to the altar of sacrifice. And look what color the covering is. Amen. Covering's purple. The cloth thereof. And the stage are in it. Now they gotta tote this thing too. And it's humongous. We're gonna stop right here. Is there any questions or comments? I want to make a little comment there. Uh, I know from practice in the military, there is a particular method for folding stuff up that makes it a whole lot easier to handle. Four men can fold up a tent larger than this building right here. They can't tote it off, but they, they can fold it up and it's quite simple the way that they do it. So I'm sure some of these techniques the military learned from the moving of the tabernacle and the moving. And it's amazing how many things that now that I see what Christian or what the Israelites did that the military incorporated into their teaching. And it's something else. It's, uh, it makes sense now yeah. why they did things the way they did them. Yeah. You talking about that marching in step? There's a lot of bridges that they can't march in step on because they'll shake the bridge apart. Mm -hmm. And they have to get out of step to keep from shaking the bridge down. Yeah. And I, but anyway, that's interesting on that folding and taking all that stuff <laughs> and getting it in a particular place. I've been involved in some of that. Nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. But it's quite interesting. Well, the thing about all this folding and everything in a particular place, three people. If, well, you, uh, if, you, if you don't take account for this other 300, three people. I, I can see where they could possibly fold it up, but they ain't talking it off. No, no. And they're not bringing the bars, those big wooden planks, and I setting stuff on, not three of them. Aaron's an old man, by the way. Even if you're rolling it up. How can you roll it up without getting it dirty? Oh yeah, you three know, let's, people. Let's say put a whole bunch of beams that's been sanded down, they're smooth, and, and roll them on that or something. Ain't yeah. gonna touch the ground with it. Yeah. 
And so that's the way I come up with this theory of the missing 300, is this is what they use them for. They're there. And they may even, although it don't show it on, the, on our little drawing that in my book, in my study Bible, they may even count with the priest and Moses on the east side. And they are designated. And in a minute you'll see, because Randy's going to be teaching next Wednesday night. What, what is that date? The first? Just think if the enemy was beating down on them and they had to pick up and move that stuff. In a hurry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then you'll start in the 15th verse of uh, Numbers chapter 4. That's where you'll start next week. Any questions or comments about this stuff? This, this stuff is, you say, well, what's this got to do with our salvation? It's not, it's not what it's got to do with our salvation as much as it's got to do with our obedience and doing things God's way. He had a particular way. He gave it to them. And by God, they better do it that way. He, and he gave them the people to do it with. Okay? Brother, I believe the bottom line and all that is they had to obey God and it, it had never changed. <laughs> that we matter. still got to do the way God wants it done or it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be really careful in the church that, that we don't try to do everything our way. And we're all guilty. All of us are guilty of that. We're all of us. You can't point out one single person without having four fingers <coughs> pointing back at yourself because we have all tried it our way. Mm -hmm. And the, usually the things we try our way come to nothing. But when you do it God's way, according to His plan, it always has a great result. And that's what we need to remember. That's why God is so detailed. He's so, he's so oriented. And he, he is... He is not a God of chaos. He, he is a God of order. And we need to remember that. What verse are we, what verse are we starting on? 15. Verse 15? Yeah, that's where Randy will start making it. Thank y'all for being here. Would you stand? Brother Gary, would you dismiss us? Heavenly Father, we... We thank you, Lord, that we can be here this evening and hear, hear your this study tonight. Pray that you'll be with each one here, that, that we'll be safe through the rest of the week. We uh, thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with those that were mentioned on the prayer or special prayer tonight. They, you know their needs, Lord, we, and you can do all things. And we just put put them in your hands, Lord. And we pray, Lord, for this nation and the leaders and, and pray for the people over in Afghanistan and Amen. being left behind. And uh, we just pray that you'll protect them, Lord, and that, that they can get back over here. We thank you, Lord, for all things. These things we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen, Amen. Amen brother. Amen. Any friends? Hey, is that your brother? I said something about. Oh, really? Yeah.